All right, what we want to do right now is go to our Auburn Bank phone line and bring on a very good friend of the program from the Auburn Sports Network, our good pal Brad Law, kind enough to be here with us as we get set for the second week of the Auburn football season. Brad, how are things going for you in your world, my friend? They are really good, JJ. Thanks for having us on. I'm going to try to match that energy level, and it uh, shouldn't be too hard to do because I'm out here at Victory Grill where we're getting ready for Tiger Talk tonight at 6. So if you're listening to the podcast, which is presented by Coca-Cola, then you probably have missed Tiger Talk. But if you're listening live right now, then you've still got time to get out here at 6 o'clock and get your questions asked on the radio for Coach Carson and guests. And we're getting ready for week two. We're getting ready for San Jose State. We've still got three home games in a row after this. I mean, what really, if you're not excited, what's what's going on? What's going on in your life that you're not excited? Exactly. you got to be excited. It's football season. I've never asked this, and yet this is the perfect opportunity for me to as you're getting set for another show tonight. How are you able to – I mean, this is a question we get asked a good bit ourselves anytime we go out on location. But Tiger Talk is coming up tonight, and I would imagine there's got to be a little bit of an urge – to be having a delicious meal, but also balancing that you've got to talk and interview and, and go through an entire show. Are you are you cramming a meal in beforehand, afterwards? What's the typical routine? Well, that's why I'm here so early. We try to get here at uh, 4 o'clock. And again, if you're not listening live, just kind of bear with us. Uh, try to get here at 4 o'clock and get everything set up so that by 5 o'clock you're in the clear to enjoy your delicious meal for 30 or 45 or 50 minutes. Um, and, and then, you know, you kind of buckle in and, and the show comes around at six o'clock. So the key is get there early so you can do everything and do it comfortably. And that's what I'm going to do. Although I may eat so much tonight, I don't know how comfortable I'll be, but uh, still, it's going to be delicious. <laughs> I love it. Again, Tiger Talk tonight at six on FM Talk 93.9 here in the area. Let's set it up. Let's talk Auburn football, and you're going to get a chance to sit down with the uh, the head coach of the Auburn Tigers and Brian Harson. What do you want to know? What, what jumps out to you? What intrigues you about this team going into week two? Well, on the football side, you know, I'm, I'm hoping tonight we have a little fun with a non-football uh, discussion as well. But on the football side, um, you know, the, how many plays like the jet sweep option pitch are, are just kind of sitting up on the shelf waiting to be used? I love that play. The creativity, the discussions about the creativity on offense and, and how much more we may see against San Jose State. Um, so I think that's one of the things, his evaluation of the offensive line, his evaluation of the receivers, and guys that are healthy, like Javarius Johnson, healthy, and Jarquez Hunter, healthy, and um, guys on the offensive line that are healthy and in there. I think those are all really, um, those are positive for Auburn going forward. And then who impressed it defensively? We know Cam Riley had 15 tackles. Who are the other guys defensively that brought it in, in the first game? Brad, when, when speaking of that creativity on offense, it only took four plays for Robbie Ashford to get a snap in there at quarterback, uh, and he got in. He got rotated in there and obviously finished the game as the starter. Uh, do you think we're going to see more of that moving forward? Do you think that this two quarterback system is going to be something that Brian Harson tries to do for the remainder of the season, or do you think that they're going to try to settle on one guy? Well, let me ask you a question: Have you ever had a bacon wrapped fillet? No, I'm serious. I'm serious. I can't say I have, but that sounds pretty good. Okay. It really does. Why does it sound so good? It's because it's two like things that are really good together. Exactly. And that's what I think you have in the quarterback situation. You know, why do you need bacon if you have a filet? You've already got your protein. You've already got your primary protein. Yeah, but you add a secondary one that adds a little sizzle, a little more flavor to it, and it takes it to an even uh, higher level. 
And I think that's what you have in the quarterback situation. Uh, we talk about quarterback competitions, and while it's true guys battle to be the primary starter, it's not like these guys become enemies when the season begins. We saw T.J. celebrating Robbie's success. We saw Robbie celebrating T.J.'s success. At the end of the day, they both got the AU on their helmets, and they can be used to complement each other and heighten and bring a little sizzle to the offense. So to finally get around to answering the question, yeah, I think you're going to see a primary quarterback in T.J. Finley, and then you'll see Robbie Ashford bring in a different skill set, some electric speed, and continue to complement the offense in a way that gives it a dimension, uh, a depth of flavor, if you will, that it didn't have uh, without both of those guys having a role in the offense. It's perfect. So to confirm this for me, Finley would be the filet and Ashford would be the bacon. Right, because I think TJ's the primary quarterback. He's the starting quarterback. He's going to, I expect anyway, for him to get the the bulk of the snaps. Um, You know, you you look at Robbie finishing the game at quarterback. He hadn't played a college game ever. He didn't play a college football game. He didn't get on the field at Oregon. So every snap you can get him in a game that's decided helps him in a game that's not decided down the road. Uh, so, yes, T.J. would be the filet and, and Robbie would be the bacon, which gives you a little extra sizzle in the skillet. It's remarkable stuff. Brad Laws here with us from the Auburn Sports Network. You can hear him pre- and post-game uh, with the Auburn Sports Network coverage of Tigers football all season long on FM Talk 93.9. What about the defense? You mentioned Cam Riley and every single tackle that he had, uh, which he had tons of them this past weekend. What else did you like about that Auburn defense? I like Nehemiah Pritchett as uh, one of the two corners. Nehemiah and Jalen Simpson, those guys kind of rotated, and they were tasked with slowing down Ty James, uh, the, the terrific Mercer receiver. And I know you guys talked about him last week in getting ready for that game. But his numbers from their first game were five targets, five catches, three touchdowns, nearly 200 yards, all in the first half. He was targeted six times against Auburn. He caught three passes and they weren't great yardage. Nehemiah Pritchett had two pass breakups in the game. Um, I would guess both of them were when they were targeting Ty James. Um, Nehemiah had a a size disadvantage, but he created leverage in other ways, and Auburn has those questions, like who's going to replace the Kobe McClain Chandler Wooten? And Cam Riley had 15 tackles. Who's going to replace Roger McCreary? Nehemiah Pritchett had a big game with a couple of pass breakups and did a good job to neutralize a legitimate wide receiver threat with size and and uh, and all the talents you want in a receiver. So I would say he was the other guy besides Cam that kind of stepped up and stuck out to me. What's it like seeing Owen Papo back out there? Because, I mean, look, we, we hardly got to see him last year, and then we walk mm-hmm. away from the first game of the season talking more about Cam Riley with the numbers he put up, and, and here we are with Papo back, who's already a great talent in himself. Well, and I think you saw Cam put up the numbers he put up because of the stability in the middle with Owen. Owen's making the calls and putting people in position, and and he's going to be where he's supposed to be on every play. And that allows Cam to use his leverage and get off of blocks and and make some more plays. Owen's going to draw so much attention um, that other linebackers are going to be able to make the plays. And it was great to see him out there. And I think he had four tackles in the game on his own. Uh, So... You know, he's just steady. When he's healthy and he's in the lineup, Auburn's a better defense, significantly better. Brad, talk a little bit about the receivers and the job that they did on Saturday. I was sitting in the stadium and thinking, man, you know, there's 
there's some solid contributions, but nobody's really having any one massive game, and I'm okay with that because you're going to need a lot of different guys to step up. But then you look up at the stats, and Javarius Johnson has a 100-yard game. Shedrick Jackson caught uh, four or five passes in that game. Talk a little bit about the job that the receivers did on Saturday. Yeah, I think Javarius and Shed both had four catches each, um, and Javarius over 100 yards. He's boy, his his decision to come back was big, wasn't it? I mean, the guy who dipped his toe in the in the transfer portal and then decided to come back. Um, he was a favorite target. If you go back and watch the those last games last year, South Carolina, Alabama, and, and Houston, when Javarius was healthy and in those games, PJ targeted him. He's not big, but sometimes that allows him to get a little better separation. He's very quick, lightning fast, so you can throw him a short pass and let him do his thing. Or you can go long and throw a dime to him. So I think that uh, Javarius deciding to come back was one of the biggest, maybe silent or, or least talked about benefits for this offense. And if he can, you know, he doesn't have to go get 100 yards every game. Teams are going to start keying on him a little bit better. And then does that open things up for somebody else? But I, I I was happy for Javarius, and I was happy to see him uh, produce the way that he produced in, in this game. He used his speed to his advantage, caught the ball well. I thought Auburn's receivers as a whole, and I don't, I don't have the box score in front of me, I don't remember a lot of drops in this game. And obviously that was a key last year, and that's a huge key this year for the receivers. Just catch the ball. You catch one or two more balls a game versus drops, and – you know, the completion percentage for the quarterback is going to go up five to ten points per game. Brad Law's here with us from the Auburn Sports Network at AU Brad Law on Twitter, a part of football coverage and the game day broadcast there for the radio crew. I, I got to ask this on Saturday against Mercer, we also saw quite a lengthy weather delay. What did you do mm-hmm. during that delay, Mr. Law? I watched other games and ate some food that was brought in from one of the hospitality areas, and and we talked as a crew. Thankfully, we have a ton of great Auburn games that are archived, and so we tossed to one of those, and I think it was 2004 Tennessee in Knoxville, and we we listened to Jason Campbell and Ronnie Brown and Carnell Williams, Ben Obamanu and Devin Aromashu and Courtney Taylor and Junior Rose Green. We listened to them do their thing for an hour and a half, and we just kind of hung out. In the, in the radio booth and waited for information to come across. It, uh, you know, as weather delays and late games go, it was not bad. There are a whole lot of worse places we could have been. How do you compare it to a, a baseball weather delay or something that you've you've experienced before? Well, uh, logistic, like operationally, it's the same. That's kind of our go-to in weather delays is, is old broadcasts right. reliving some of the some of the great moments. Um, it was exciting on the first weekend. Like it frankly didn't bother me all that much because we had other games going on that were interesting to watch you have those in baseball too but the pace is just different right um and baseball is you know the the pace anyway is just a little bit slower and um lends itself to slower waiting i guess is is a way to say it and uh with football they're you know flipping the channels three four different games that we were watching and it really was not bad at all to me. I don't, maybe I don't speak for the rest of the crew, but it was fine. What can we expect from Tiger Talk tonight? Give us a give us a rundown of what's taking place this evening. Sure, Melissa Llewellyn's going to talk Auburn women's golf. They open their season next week in Minnesota. Been an active summer for the women's golfers, and she'll fill us in on the, on that. Uh, then Coach Harson will be here live and in person on the stage, and uh, we welcome fans' questions 
about football and, and other stuff, too. You know, he's got a lot of interest outside the game, cars and uh, wakeboarding and I'd have done a little acting too, as we saw over the over the summer with the <laughs> with the Top Gun video. Um, but anyway, we welcome those questions, and then we're going to have Colby Wooden, uh, one of the defensive leaders on the team. He's going to be with us, and he's got a lot of charisma and personality. And glad to be able to talk to him without the helmet on. Get to know Colby as a person, so that you root for Colby, the the young man, and not just the guy in the AU helmet. And then at 3.30 Central Time on Saturday, coverage starts with the Tiger Tailgate Show, and uh, folks will be able to hear your voice. How much of the show can you uh, tease for us here today, Brad? Well, uh, Nick Brahms is going to be on the show. Look at that. This weekend. Coach Brahms. Nick Brahms is going to be there. Benji Rowland will be on the show with us uh, on Saturday. Uh, Karen Hopper will talk soccer with us up on the stage. Jason Bray, former Auburn defensive back, uh, will be with us as well, and uh, may have another surprise or two before the uh, before the week is over as we book the show even until late on Friday some weeks. So it, I, I'll tell you this, there'll be a lot of football talk and a lot of reminiscing and a lot of fun, and hopefully people will have it on as they get ready for the game Saturday, and it will enhance their game day experience. Can't wait. We'll be listening all to it. I appreciate the time today, Brad. Have fun at Baumhauer's tonight, and we'll talk to you again soon, all right? My pleasure. We'll guys. Talk to you later.